It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What are some tools we can implement in the new year to stay healthy? How often should we be getting a checkup? And how has the pandemic impacted the rest of our health? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. in this stage where the tiniest tickle in our throat could send us into absolute panic mode, leaving us to wonder, is it COVID or is it a cold? And I'm not sure about you, but I find myself stocking up on vitamins to take the necessary precautions to stay healthy. But is that enough? And how effective is it? As we continue through the winter months, it's common to catch a cold or have a runny nose. And that just leaves this big old question of what are the necessary precautions and resources to stay in good health, especially as we work to combat COVID-19 and its variants. So are vitamins enough to stay healthy? And what can we do to ensure we stay healthy in all aspects of life? Well, here to talk me through all of this is Fox News medical correspondent and professor of medicine at NYU Langone Health, Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Siegel, thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. Always glad to be on. Yes. How are you? So far, so good. Um, staying healthy, which is good. Um, but a lot of people are worried about their health, especially in this time. You know, we're entering winter. We're talking about COVID, but also flu and colds and things like that. So I'm looking forward to talking with you through all of this. But I do want to start with sleep because... That seems like the biggest hurdle to health sometimes, both physical and emotional health. So we know that getting enough Z's at night affect our well-being, but how so? Well, you're rejuvenating. You know, what happens at night is a lot of the body is actually getting rid of its garbage, its waste products. The brain is literally downloading through its waste system debris that's built up. And that's not just true for the brain. It's true for a lot of the body. So sleep is a rejuvenating process that we need to actually build our immune system back up and our immune response. If you couple that with exercise, regular exercise and eating properly and de-stressing, which you can do in many different ways, I think the de-stressing I like the best for the pandemic is probably yoga because mm -hmm. it's really effective and it, it's something that counters the stress that's building up from fear and worry. Right. How much should we be exercising? That's a common question I think people ask. And then every time you go to the doctor, they're like, hey, how many times a week do you exercise? And how many days a week do you drink alcohol? And then you kind of feel bad about yourself because you're like, oops, <laughs> this should probably be more even, huh? I have a very good prescription for this. Exercise should be mainly cardiovascular. That's what it should focus on. Um, it should be, I shoot for seven days a week because if you shoot for seven, you end up with five. If you shoot for five, you end up with three. <laughs> That's not go. enough. I think, I think, I think people should walk everywhere they're going. Uh, I think it should be a brisk walk. I think now is not a good time for taxi cabs anyway. Sorry about that guys. 
But I think I think uh, and subways also. I mean, walk wherever you can, and then you'll build up miles. And you can actually check that on your iPhone app if you want. But you should be walking. In terms of uh, exercise, what kind of cardiovascular? You know, if you're younger, uh, running is good. And I actually have gotten back to running lately because I have a very soft treadmill. Uh, I like the elliptical. But, again, you may have to go to the gym to get that. And mm. and I'm probably most fond of the bike because I'm a cyclist and I oh. do mountain biking. And, and I happen to have a Peloton, but I think the thing to know about the bike is you should do it at low resistance because if you're at low resistance, you actually uh, build up more cardiovascular. You get your heart rate up if you pedal fast. If you pedal slow against more resistance, you're building your legs up. Right. Well, that's good. But again, I think the cardiovascular is the key here. Yeah. Where do you go mountain biking, by the way? Well, I've ridden mountain bikes famously, not not that I'm famous, but famously with President George W. Bush on his ranch in, in Crawford multiple times with the W100K mountain bike ride with the wounded vets. And we're probably going to do that again as soon as the veil lifts on the pandemic. And then I mountain bike out on Long Island. There's some trails out there that I just love in the nature preserve out there. And it's a it's a great ride. Mountain biking is an acquired taste yeah. because you really have to. It's so different than road biking and you have to get used to it. But once you are. You say, whoa, you know, I used to walk that trail and it took forever. Now yeah. I'm zooming along. It. It's kind of scary because I've, I've mountain biked in the past, too. And you hit these rocks and you think you're going to skid off the, the trail and you end up like you have to look kind of right in front of you. You can't look directly at the rock. It's it's freaky, but in a good way. That's a, that sounds like life, right? You have to look right in front of you, not not off to the side too much. And the other thing is they've improved mountain bikes to the point, and this is not a minor point, Abby. They've improved mountain bikes, so now you can gear down to the point where you can almost pedal straight up. It used to be that you had to build up steam on the downhill to make it up the uphill, and that was dangerous. That's where all the shoulder injuries come from. Now you can actually navigate with gearing alone and keep it at a lower speed. So there you have it. If you want to stay healthy, you should mountain bike. <laughs> um, I love that. So uh, you also, Dr. Siegel, specialize in internal medicine. You um, deal with influenza, annual physicals, immunization, primary care, things like that. So as a normal person, um, how many time should someone see a general practitioner? Well, you, that's a really hard question to answer because I don't believe in the yearly physical. People really? come to me all the time and say, they, well, they say to me all the time, I'm here for the yearly physical. And I reply, I do that in pieces. Well, what do I mean by pieces? You know, in other words, if I'm going to draw lab tests on you, I want you to come in to go over those lab tests. And I, so I try to do a piece of the physical every time I see somebody, even if they come in for a cold or a sore throat, I'm also looking at their blood pressure. I'm also looking at their, their cholesterol. Now, that's my technique. I don't like the whole idea of a yearly physical. I like to always be looking at the whole patient. And by the way, I've coined a term that you'll like, Abby, which is the by the way diagnosis. On the way out the door, and this is one of the things that you can't really have with a televisit, which is why I think even with all the telemedicine during the pandemic, we need to continue to return to in-person visits. But by the way, diagnosis is when a patient says on the way out the door, by the way, I just broke up with my boyfriend. By the way, my chest hurts. By the way, uh, you know, I'm not eating properly or sleeping properly. So when you think you're done, that's when you get really the gold of what the person is not really ready to tell you at the beginning. Oh, interesting. So then what are if, if that tends to happen? I know when you go in for a visit, they ask you a million questions. But in terms of maybe someone who is going to the doctor, what should they be asking? Just some basic questions. Like, let's say they're healthy. Like, well, what should they be asking? 
If you're going to a good doctor, you really have to just go in and say what's bothering you and not be afraid to tell to say what it is and, and not worry about what the formulaic thing is. Because because a good primary care doctor, if they're not going to take care of it themselves, they're going to have a list of the right people and they're going to help you get in to see those people. So I'll give my pass on what I think of a bump on the head, but then I may have a dermatologist see you. You know, if I see a lot of moles, I may have a dermatologist see you. I don't try to refer everybody, but I try to refer appropriately. And so the patient shouldn't be worried about, uh oh, I didn't get through my list because it, the list inside your head is better than the list of what you write down. Right. All right. We've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just thought of this because it, we are we are in the winter time, but when we talk about COVID, you're wondering, okay, so when is it going to be, when is it going to peak? And when is peak cold season? When is peak flu season? So what season are we in right now? What seasons are people more susceptible to the cold or the flu? Well, right in the heart of respiratory virus season. What do I mean by that? I'm one that goes by the old theory that respiratory viruses travel farther on low humid weather, like if there's a lot of water in the air, it bogs the virus down. There travels farther on low humidity weather. And then on top of that, you're indoors during the winter. So you're close together and you're spreading it more easily. That's another issue that that applies to every virus like flu and RSV. They're prominent right now and they're picking up steam. Unfortunately, COVID is not necessarily following a seasonal pattern yet, mm-hmm. meaning that there's so much, so many people in the United States that, or around the world that aren't yet immune to it, that it can travel even in non, uh, non-cold weather. And that's why you're seeing outbreaks in hot climates right now. You know, South Africa gave us, it, it didn't give us the Omicron variant. It went through South Africa, but South Africa's in their summer right now, and yet they still had their outbreak. We're in our winter. It's the worst possible time for a new variant, and we're feeling it. Yeah. No, it is terrifying. It's so unpredictable. And, and as a human being, no one likes unpredictability. You need to like to know what's going to happen, but we, there's no way to know. Um, so then how should immunocompromised people prepare for cold weather-related illnesses? Well, so they, they need to be... Uh, vaccinated and boosted up against anything that, that that we have a vaccine for. So you want to make sure of that. And clearly, I'm, I'm, I'm implying the COVID vaccine. And anybody that's immunocompromised should probably have their spike antibody protein checked. It's an indirect measurement of how your immunity is. And, and I, they should clearly be boosted. And th- then, of course, they should get their flu shot, which is not a great shot. The COVID shot, much better, by the way. Really? But Why is that? Well, the, the flu vaccine varies anywhere from 20 to 30 percent effective up to about 60 percent effective. Now, what does effectiveness even mean? It means the ability to keep you from having an urgent visit to get very sick. Well, with a covid vaccine, if you're boosted, it's more like 70 to 90 percent, even against Omicron, that, that we're going to keep you from getting really severely sick. It's a much better vaccine than the flu vaccine is. The flu vaccine is based on antiquated technology from the 1950s and Abby. One of the things that has gotten been gotten completely wrong here is, and I'm, I'm really, really dismayed about this. 
the evolution of vaccine technology is always in the direction of safety, not in terms of radical experimentalism. So the idea that the mRNA vaccines have been cast aspersion because they're supposedly some kind of experimental genetic theory, uh, treatment is not correct. This has been around since the 1980s. And the goal of a vaccine like this is to do more with less. So actually not introducing the actual virus into somebody's body is safer. Interesting. I didn't think about it that way, um, but it does make sense. But I, I, I still am a little confused. So if if we've if we're dealing with antiquated technology when it comes to the flu vaccine, if it's been around since the 1950s, why hasn't it? I mean, we I feel like we've made a lot of technological advancements with this COVID vaccine and booster, but why haven't we done so with the flu vaccine? By the way, that's a great question. By the way, tried and true it would be another way to describe that. We could, you could argue it's been used every year since the 1950s and been proven safe. So that maybe that's why we stick with it. But the other thing is that the attempts to foray into new technology with the flu vaccine, have met with a lot of resistance. They have come up with recombinant, which is which is what hepatitis B vaccine is. They have come up with cell cellular vaccines rather than chicken eggs. But it, it keeps being like, what's to the advantage of the manufacturer? You know, like, are they going to bust the bank suddenly making a new technology? Who's going to pay for it? Now, mm-hmm. with the mRNA vaccines, they can do the flu too. And I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see a transition to a one shot. Really? Covers covers both COVID and the flu. Absolutely. That's in the works. How we were hearing about this kind of mix between the COVID um, virus and the flu. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, that's hype and scare. That's okay. more about the fact that that's more about the fact that I can't always tell the difference. I'm a flu expert in the sense that I've written multiple books about it, and I'm so used to diagnosing the flu, I can tell over the phone. I call it the grip. That's the old name for it. Somebody's walking along, they're doing great. The next day, they're flat on their back. That's the flu. Except that that could also be COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So it's getting harder to make an armchair diagnosis without a test, and so that's the problem right now. But but clearly, uh, the flu is not, it's not going to be that people have both. So that's the myth. You're going to have one or the other, but I'm going to I may have trouble telling the difference. And there are other respiratory virus or viruses around, too. People have RSV and they, you know, you know, how many people out there get a stuffed nose? They think it's covid with this with this story right now. Got to be covid. And they get one test after another and it's negative. It's mm-hmm. probably the RSV virus or the flu. Huh. So you're saying that there isn't some it's not you can't get both at the same time or can we? We just don't know. We haven't had any cases yet of both the flu and COVID at the same time. We've had some, but it's rare because it's rare. It's much more likely that you're going to get a virus and then get a superimposed bacteria because the virus wears down your immune response. So, yeah, you're going to have the virus. You're going to have the flu and then you get sinus infection. You have the flu and you get bronchitis. So you have COVID and then you get a bacterial bronchitis on top of it you're very unlikely to get the flu and covid at the same time that's a sc- well, that's, that's good more news <laughs> that's good news for us um so i mean obviously you can't completely prevent yourself from getting covid or getting the flu or getting a cold but what type of vitamins should people be taking like if you could just pick a few that every single person should be on what would you what would you say i don't put vitamin c at the top of the list because it's there's so much of it in our food. We get so much vitamin C anyway. I don't take vitamin C supplements. I like vitamin D3, 
because vitamin D is really a hormone more than a vitamin. And in the winter, especially, we don't get enough of it. So I'm not telling everybody to take vitamin D supplements. I'm telling you to ask your doctor about mm. that. I check vitamin D on all of my patients. And when they're low, I give them a, I tell them to take a vitamin D supplement. The other vit- vitamins I like, I like B-complex because it, it helps, I believe, with brain function. So I'm a, I'm a fan of vitamin B-complex. I need that. And I... <laughs> I also like, by the way, I also like ginger and I like turmeric. I think those are very health, healthy supplements to be taking. Turmeric is a natural anti-inflammatory. And I'm not telling, again, not telling everybody in the world to take it, but, but I like it. I, I, um, I try to incorporate all of those in my diet. So I feel like I have done one thing right. Probably not on a list of many things I have not done right. <laughs> but uh, So since you're a flu expert, just real quickly, what exactly is the flu? So all of these viruses we've been talking about, and there's a big three, HIV, influenza, and, and coronavirus are all single-stranded RNA viruses. They got a single strand of genetic material. The problem with the flu is it mutates all the time. It's got several areas where it can mutate. The coronavirus only has one big area, and it's got a, a, an editor where it tries to keep itself from making mistakes or er edits. But obviously, with trillions of copies of of SARS-CoV-2 in the world, it's mutating. But the flu virus is mutating all the time. And it comes from birds. It's endemic in birds. That's what influenza A. A stands for avian, bird. And ducks carry it. And so it goes around wild birds, and then it mutates. Then it comes out into the world. A pig is called the mixing vessel for flu. This is more info. This is what my kids call TMI. But but basically, <laughs> Bring it on. It's, always, it's always passing through different animals, the pig being the one that has the most of them at once. And then we get new strains that come into humans and we can get sick. So how I'm glad that you bring that up about, you know, COVID and the flu. How has our focus on COVID impacted our health in other areas? Well, it should have done it for a good in a good way. But there's so much resistance to this. I mean, we've been over it already on this half hour. It should have caused people to be more health conscious. How much sleep am I doing? What am I eating? Am I exercising? Better not drink too much. Well, the opposite has happened because of anxiety and worry. And, and I think that the same precautions you would be taking against COVID help you against other viruses. If you wore a mask, you're not going to get you're less likely to get other respiratory viruses. Actually, ironically, it works the least among, among, about COVID because COVID spreads so easily. Flu spreads much more difficult. So if you actually were wearing a mask, you'd be less likely to get the flu. With COVID, you may you might get it anyway, mm. unless it's a high-grade mask. But the idea of staying away from people and or wearing a mask or washing your hands, all of which protects you against all respiratory viruses. Right. So then um, my final question for you, and I'll let you go, but if you were to tell our uh, viewers one thing to focus on and staying healthy in 2022, what would it be? It would be kindness. It would be this idea of ridiculing the opposition, of marginalizing people, of call, of calling this an anti-vaccine, uh, anti-vax pandemic, or of mocking people, of ne- I try to wait. Here's my prescription. Wake up every day and listen to somebody you don't agree with and see if they're saying anything you can learn from. That's the way America used to be. And that's what we have to get back to. We, in the midst of a, of, a, 
of a struggle like this, we need kindness, not derision. That's Dr. Siegel's prescription. That is the best prescription I think any doctor has ever given. And I agree 100% differing of opinions create perspective. Without it, we don't really understand where other people are coming from. So I, I that's a great place to end. Uh, Dr. Siegel, thank you so much. Abby, always great to be with you. Thank you for having me today. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about staying healthy in 2022. Number one, sleep is so important because that's when our body detoxes. Without enough sleep, it doesn't give your body enough time to rid itself of toxins. And then when it comes to exercising, Dr. Siegel suggests cardio is the best form. An easy way to get the cardio your body needs is to just walk everywhere if you can. Number two. There have been a lot of news stories about people having COVID and flu at the same time. Dr. Siegel says not to worry. That is very unlikely to happen. A lot of times it's hard to differentiate between the flu and COVID. So it's best to test if you're unsure. And number three, Dr. Siegel recommends if you're looking for vitamins to take, he likes D3, B complex, ginger and turmeric. Vitamin D3 is more of a hormone than a vitamin. And a lot of us are lacking in vitamin D. B-complex helps with stress and cognitive function, and turmeric is a natural anti-inflammatory. So there you have it, how to stay healthy in 2022. Thanks so much for listening. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.